you have your Bibles, uh, we will be in Romans 3 this morning. Oh, excuse me, 1 John 3. I'm looking at last week's notes. 1 John 3, 14. We'll go through verse 18. It's bad when you have your notes beside last week's notes. Don't do that. 1 John 3, verses 14 through 18. And in fact, you know who really won, Simon says earlier? Case. Case won. Because the first thing she said, Miss Ann said, all right, everybody stand up. Case was the only one sitting. Because Simon says, didn't, I, Simon said, don't get up. He knew that she was already tricking her, everybody else. 1 John 3, we'll be in uh, verse 14. If you would please stand for the reading of Christ's word this morning. May you hear the word of Christ. Anyone who doesn't love abides in death. Everyone who hates their brother or sister is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has the life of the coming age abiding in them. This is how we know love. He laid down his life for us. And we too ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. Anyone who has the means of life in this world and sees a brother or sister in need and closes their heart against them, how can God's love be abiding in them? Children, let us not love in word or in speech, but in deed and in truth. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for the word that you have gifted to us this morning. We thank you for your mercy and grace that you have been able to set aside this very time, this very moment, so that we can hear your word, that we can receive it, and that we can be a people of your word. So now open our ears, open our hearts, open everything of who we are so that we might be receptive for the goodness of your grace that is found in your word alone. We offer these things in Christ's name. Amen. You may be seated. If there's one thing that you can definitely find throughout the scriptures, it's the theme of justice. And as you know, we've been working through uh, many themes now, working into our seventh theme of small things, a new theme each month. And now in the seventh month of July, here we are. We are looking at the theme of justice. And if you have read the scriptures here and there, if you read the entirety of them, you will see that justice comes up often. And so what we find throughout the scriptures is that is God is indeed a God of justice. But there's another component, another part to that once it comes to uh, who we are as God's people is meant that we are to be justice bearers as well. We are to bear, we are to carry on justice as well. And in fact, if you, if we, I can just throw some scripture out from Old Testament to New about specifically the people of God who are to be a people of mercy, a people of justice, a people who care for the vulnerable or the weak or the marginalized, those who are to be open-handed to the poor. Here are just a few glances at justice throughout the scriptures. Exodus 22, Leviticus 19. Leviticus 19, verses 32 uh, through 37. Deuteronomy 5, verses 1 through 11. Isaiah, 
chapter 1, verses 16 and 17. Also, Isaiah 56, 1. Isaiah 58, 6 through 10. Jeremiah 21, 12. Jeremiah 22, 3. Ezekiel 34, verses 1 through 4. Hosea 12, 6. Amos 5, verses 21 through 24. Micah 6 through uh, 6, verse 8. Those are just some of the glances that we see just in the Old Testament alone where God invites his people to be a people of mercy and justice, a people who are open-handed to the poor and the marginalized and those who are suffering. But here's the question, or really the first question that we need to ask this morning is, what type of justice are we talking about? Because I'm sure we've all caught some sort of NCIS or CSI or some sort of show, Law and Order, where there's justice that is continually reverberating and echoing throughout the entire 30 minutes hour show that we're watching. But what do we mean by justice? Well, we might think of it in a legal sense, a, a courtroom sense. Well, that's what he or she deserved. That's justice. Or we might think of justice in this sense. Well, that was revenge. There was justice there. So that person got revenge for whatever it was that happened to him or her. Or we might move into the more spiritual sense where we might say, well, justice is when Jesus died so that you could go to heaven. Maybe that. Or maybe in a deeper sense this, that Jesus lived, died, and was resurrected the third day to defeat sin, death, and the grave which sin and death are really the roots of injustice itself. And so when you look at Jesus' resurrection, he is a, he's making right all the wrongs that come through sin and death and the like. And so when we look at these different ways that we can describe justice, let me just go ahead and say, first off, if we were looking at Scripture and saying, well, look at that first one, he got what he or she deserved. That certainly doesn't fit into the palm of Scripture. It's because that's the opposite, really, of what Jesus deserved. He didn't deserve death. He took on the death for us. In fact, we were the ones who deserved the death. Or you look at that second sense of the term, uh, some sort of justice or revenge. That's far from the picture that you see in Scripture as well. Justice does not equal revenge anywhere in Scripture. It's actually looked down upon, even though that there's some who try to revenge themselves. And in, if you want to push this further, kids, Jesus is not the revenger. He's actually the avenger in its truest sense of the term. Because an avenger is the one who is uh, inflicting harm or inflicting harm on behalf of so the father is actually the greatest avenger. He is the one who inflicts harm on his own son on behalf of the rest of creation. That they were the ones who were supposed to be receiving death and hell. Yet, here he is taking on the penalty himself. Or you might look at that first sense of the spiritual that we talked about just a second ago. Where Jesus dies so that you can go to heaven. Let me just say that even though this is indeed true, it's too shallow of a picture of what justice is. Too shallow. And hear me out by saying oh, that you're, you're telling me that Jesus' death and resurrection, that's too shallow. No, no, no. We need to see it in a bigger picture, church. Jesus' 
life, death, and resurrection to defeat sin and death and the grave so that we might become justice bearers. That's the bigger picture. I want us to see Jesus' death and resurrection in a bigger portrait of what we find throughout the scriptures. And so when we look at Jesus' death and his resurrection, we want to see it in light of the fact that he is the one who is putting to death political, social, moral, personal, emotional wrongs in order to make them right before the Father. I hope you caught that. That Jesus' death, it establishes us being made right. He establishes righteousness. He establishes justice. But yet, at the same time, it's not yet complete. I don't think I have to persuade anybody here in the church this morning that there's brokenness still in the world, right? You see brokenness on an everyday basis. I don't have to persuade you that brokenness continues to run rampant. Yet we realize that it is through Christ's own death that He establishes justice. We could say it this way, He inaugurates, He opens the door for justice. And then one day He will come and restore the world the way it was meant to be, the way that God originally created it to be, to its original design, one without sin, death, and the grave, a part of the picture. So here's the question, the question that I think we need to wrestle with this morning. What do we as the church do as we await for our king to come and bring forth his full justice? Do, what do we do right now as we await for this king to come and to bring forth his complete and full justice? Here are some options. One, we can sit back and wait. This is what we call uh, in seminary uh, blind or some sort of shutter theology. You go into your homes and you look down and the shutters. Oh, Jesus here? No, not yet. We escape. And that's it. And we wait for justice to come. That's one option. Or we could talk about uh, telling people about the goodness of who Christ is and the justice he has brought forth. Good. But I would say it's still not enough. Because once it comes to understanding the entirety of the scriptures, we need to put our shoulders to work. We need to put our shoulders to the plow and cultivate his justice on earth as it is in heaven. And that's a part of the actual teaching of the Lord's Prayer. Your will be done where? On earth as it is in heaven. A part of God's will is to actually bring about justice in your everyday world. And in fact, justice as a theme stretches across the entirety of the scriptures. Let me give you a little bit of a rehearse of that. When you look at Genesis, for example, you have the introduction of sin and death, the roots of injustice. Then you go on beyond that. You have the people uh, in Israel, uh, excuse me, people of Israel in Egypt, and they're crying out because injustice is brought before them. They are having to labor and work hard. They are being persecuted. And you have the people crying out. And God sends forth none other than Moses as this Messiah, this Messiah-like figure who brings about justice by bringing them out of his people. And then you have also the prophets. If there's one thing that you see throughout the prophets, it is none other than pleading for justice to happen. The poor, the widow, 
the children, anybody who is of spiritual excess or boasting or some sort of material excess, they are brought down by the prophets about who the, you are to be as Israel. And then if you move into the New Testament, here it is. The announcement that justice has been brought through none other than, than Jesus of Nazareth himself. Through his life, his ministry, his death, and his resurrection. And so let's look at 1 John 3 this morning and see what it is that the scriptures have for us this morning as people who are meant to bear justice in our arms. If you look at uh, one thing that you find throughout, stretched throughout these verses, it's this. Justice is sacrificial love lived out loud. Did you catch that? Sacrificial love lived out loud. That's what justice is. Sacrificial love lived out loud is justice itself. If you have missed anything, if you miss anything from this sermon this morning, remember that because that is sort of the theme, the message that you find there in 1 John 3. Justice is sacrificial love lived out loud. I had a couple of live out loud moments. Uh, as a teenager, one of them, and I know I can point to a couple of guys in here because I remember what trucks they drove and what cars they drove in, in high school as well. If you were like me, as a teenager, I had two huge speakers that sat right behind me. My little 96 Ford uh, Ranger. And it would thump. Chad, you know what I'm talking about. Chad had one. And they would thump. You could hear us coming from a mile away. And if that wasn't enough, we decided to cut off our catalytic converter and throw on an exhaust, and we were 10 times louder. You could hear us from two miles coming down the road. If I can express to you the type of love that we're meant to live out loud, the type of justice that we're meant to live out loud, think of Chad and my truck. You can hear us coming from miles away. It is that kind of living out loud that I want us to be able to focus in on and try to understand the scriptures from 1 John 3 this morning. And so let me add this. We've talked a lot about sacrificial love in the past uh, so many months, but let me just sort of rehearse this as well. It is agape, that Greek word meaning to be selfless and sacrificial. It is active. It is not passive. It's not something you just sit back and watch. It is something that you are actively participating in. Sacrificial love is restorative. It restores. It redeems. Sacrificial love also is very concrete. You can touch it. You can see it. You can see it enacted in front of you. And so justice, when we look at the sacrificial love of Christ, you, have to help, you can't help but notice that, that justice is not far behind that love and justice are two sides of the same coin. And so look at verse 14 and 15, what John writes. Anyone who doesn't love abides in death. Everyone who hates their brother or sister is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has the life of the coming age abiding in them. You might step back and say, whoa, 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 John. If I hate my brother, I'm a murderer? And he's picking up on the teaching of, of Jesus here. Is that murder is not so much an action that you take out on your friend, your family, your, the stranger that you met. 
It is an intention of the heart. It is an eruption within you of this hate that you have towards somebody else. And in other words, you are no better than a murderer when you hate your brother or sister. And so what John here is doing, he's connecting three things. He's connecting hate to murder to death, all of which are injustices here in this passage because they are not the way that God intentionally created the world. You were not to be filled with hate. You were not created to murder your brother or sister. You were not created to participate in the things of death. They are all contrary to God's good creation. And so what then is good? What is beautiful? What is true for the church? If these are the qualities of of injustice, what does justice look like for John? Well, he gives us verses 16 and 17. He writes, this is how we know love. He laid down his life for us, and we too ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. Anyone who has the means of life in this world and sees a brother or sister in need and closes their heart against them, how can God's love be abiding in them? Here's what John's saying. We have passed from death to life. That's verse 14. Because we have come to know Jesus, whose atoning death, it justifies us that we might practice this justice by laying down our own lives for our brothers and sisters. So let's be clear. Jesus' death atones. He is unique in his atonement. He is unique in his own sacrificial life. Is that he restores you back to the Father. Our sacrificial own death does not do that church his is utterly unique our when when john talk, talk, uh, talks here about us living out a sacrificial life as well he's not saying oh you're atoning for somebody else's brokenness and sins no 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 you are merely echoing the perfect justice that has been wrought through the death of christ himself you are echoing and if we can think about this past week you are thundering God's just love. It is thundering in your own life. You are not the lightning. You are the one thundering what has already happened. So John gives us an example of this just love, this justice love to demonstrate in verse 17. He writes this, If anyone has a means of life in this world and sees a brother and sister in need. Did you catch it? A means of life. Your translation, KJV, King James might say world's goods. The English Standard Version says the same thing. You uh, might have the Christian Standard Bible, world's goods is the translation there. Or uh, the NIV says material possessions. Regardless, I think you catch the point that your material possessions, your world's goods are meant to be used in such a way that they are good gifts to other people. You see what you have as a gift from the Father so that you might use them also as gifts towards others, those who are in need. You might think this is too simple. That's too simple. You may need to take your simple things that you have in your home or maybe the money that you have in your bank account and you help somebody in need. That's it. First John, John himself is telling us it is not hard to demonstrate the sacrificial love of Christ. It is not hard to practice justice in today's world. It comes from taking your world's goods 
and helping somebody else in order to echo and thunder the justice of God. That's it. And so when we imitate Christ, we are practicing his justice in our everyday world. Once it comes to justice itself, I think the pushback that I sometimes hear is that it's got to be big. It's got to be extravagant. It's got to actually change a culture, an entire nation, an entire globe in order for it to be justice. Church, it does not have to do those things. If we are caught up in this theme of simple things throughout this entire year of 2019, we need to be reminded that justice sometimes is really simple. Justice truly is something that is not profound. That it is something that anybody and everybody can practice. It is something that is rooted ultimately in the justice of God. And it is born out into our everyday life. Justice, you can see in 1 John, is humble yet sacrificial. In fact, 1 John 3 seems to be echoing and summarizing the teaching that Jesus gave to his disciples in Matthew 25. Let me read this to you. When the Son of Man comes in glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate one from the other, just as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will take the sheep on his right hand and the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on the right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. And Jesus adds this, For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you took care of me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty that we gave you something to drink? When did we see you as a stranger and take you in or without clothes and clothe you? When were you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of these brothers or sisters of mine, you did also for me. Church, I hope that last verse haunts us as it relates to justice. Hear it one more time. Truly I tell you, whatever you did for the least of my brothers and sisters, you did also for me. Whoever is hungry, feed them. Whoever is thirsty, give them drink. Whoever is needing your hospitality, do so. Whoever is in need of clothes, care for them. Who is ever needing some sort of reminder through the tongue that they are valuable and full of dignity, tell them. The teaching really is that simple, church. But I understand how hard it is to live out. Because the thoughts in the back of your head think, who is this person? Can I trust them? What is going to happen? Jesus calls us to be a people who practice this justice so that it might thunder far beyond what we are doing. So that others might see and try to understand why in the world was it that you gave him something to drink? Why did you feed that person? Because the justice of God has been displayed through his son 
And the death of Christ is the one who brings forth justice in order to remedy and restore us back to the Father. So how in the world can we practice justice this week? Don't look for extravagant plans. Don't try to come up with this extravagant, detailed uh, plan of how we can change the entire city of Trenton. It starts as small as feeding, giving something to drink, taking care with clothes, bringing in to your home in order to demonstrate the thunderous victory of God, that his justice has been established and one day he will return to fully establish that justice on earth. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for your goodness and grace. We're reminded this morning of your scriptures that justice is indeed yours and that you invite us to be a people who bear that justice, a people who take and almost clothe ourselves with the justice that you have brought forth. And as we think on this this passage this week, that justice is sacrificial love lived out loud. What are some ways that we can live out this sacrificial love so loud this week? Give us opportunities to be able to feed somebody who's hungry. Give us opportunities to take the clothes that are ours and give them to someone else so that your kingdom can come on earth as it is in heaven. May we be a people who are wrapped up in your justice, who are wrapped up in your sacrificial love, that it consumes us, that it gets underneath our skin, that we might bear it in our homes, that we might bear it throughout our neighborhoods and our community. Give us opportunities, Christ, so that we might demonstrate your just love for our behalf. We offer these things in your name. Amen.